But you know, if you're Detroit, if you're if you're Washington, if you're St. Louis, you just don't exist. You're not really in Worst on the start spot. unless you get remarkably lucky, and you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, here's Darren Dreger, a TSN Hockey Insider. You see it that way, Dregs? Like now, it's everyone. You either go one of two ways. You're either in on the Bedard yeah. sweepstakes, or you're going to the playoffs. You know, or fighting for the playoffs. If you're in that middle ground, what are you doing right now? Yeah, the middle ground is tough. And you know, I heard you guys talking about you know some of the things that we've seen, like Chicago beating uh, Ottawa the other night. Like that, that can't happen. Like especially with what the Ottawa Senators are trying to do. And then, you know, you look at the Montreal Canadiens and they're trying to meddle in and uh, you know, some of the lower teams as well. But this is where, again, tanking takes another shot in the throat because you know, the managers now have been able to do what they're going to do, trade their assets, make their team as weak as they can for the purpose of, of finishing as low as they can in the standings. But it comes down to players wanting to play. And in that game specifically, if we're looking at Ottawa and Chicago, um, I mean, like, Ottawa was playing great up till that game. Like, Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, everybody had everything going leading up to that game. So how do you describe a letdown like that where, you know, a borderline NHL team like the Chicago Blackhawks at that point, you'll blank the Ottawa Senators. So that's, again, another example of, of why the tank nonsense never makes sense to me there's 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 so much um parody that exists around the national hockey league even though we can look at the the rosters and go well you can't compare chicago to ottawa or chicago to most teams in the nhl at the end of the day the players want to play and if one team is more ready than the other i guess that's what happens now more than ever darren like this kid is so special as a talent once you get him, whoever it is, you better get your act together immediately with the way that after three years they can kind of assess the situation. Yeah. Like, whoever gets this guy better say, yeah. we are like gas pedal for now on. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, though. And, and look at the way that you know teams have, have developed and then had to pay for these young players so quickly out of the gate. So automatically you know that whoever wins the guard sweepstakes is going to sign him immediately to his entry-level contract. He is going to then earn all of the bonuses that he's entitled to. Um, so you get to entry-level, and then his second contract is going to be a meaty one, but he controls all of that. And then you move forward from there. Now, we're assuming that this kid is going to, going to be as good at the NHL level as he appears to be, I mean, how do we know, right? Like, I mean, he's lighting the uh, Canadian Hockey League on fire, but you still need to see it at the NHL level. But that's, that's the challenge that has pushed NHL teams into a real predicament. And that's not new. That's the way it's been. So that second contract is going to be a meaty one. So if, if you're the lucky team that gets Connor Bedard, you'd better have him insulated pretty much as soon as he comes onto the scene because those entry-level contract years matter. And then by the time he gets into a second contract, you know, you're probably thinking that you should be not only a playoff contending team, but maybe a team that's ready to take a swing at it by year four or five of his NHL career. Dregs, he talked about the Ottawa Senators going into Chicago and losing that game. 
feels like every game now is critical for that team if they want to make the playoffs. And now they're going on this West Coast swing. Cam Talbot's hurt. They're going to have to rely on two kids in net. Like, how big are the stakes here for for this group? And, and like, is this make or break with this road trip? Yeah, it really is. It, it is, Frankie. And, and you know, I've, I've kind of been a pessimist with the Ottawa Senators this year and was proven wrong until that Chicago game. I mean, you know, the way that they gutted it out and literally forced Pierre Dorian, the, the manager, and then the board of the Ottawa Senators, who are kind of, you know, bridging between new ownership and, and what they have in management, they forced... Dorian and company to bring in Jake Chikrin. I mean, Chikrin landed in the lap after all was said and done. But still, I mean, Dorian had promised that. So based on the level of play and the promises that he made, he, he pulled the trigger and he fulfilled his promise. And the team has responded since. So I'm more curious to see how they move forward after that loss. I'm a big believer in Brady Kachuk, I am. I think that he's well-flanked by the talent that they have there. So you inject Chikrin into that mix. Their defense is good now. Maybe they need a bit more from Thomas Shabbat. Claude Giroux has been light so good. I just wonder now at this stage of the regular season whether it's too little or too late. They need help, right? They're doing everything they can do. Um, Yeah, step back against the Blackhawks, but... They're going to need some help from either the Islanders or the Pittsburgh Penguins, Florida, whatever. Go down the list. I don't, you know, how can they run the table from this point till the end of the regular season? It feels like that's what they might have to do, you know, if those teams don't take a step back. With Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, uh, which which market or I guess which team is is panicking more right now or freaking out more? Is it Calgary or Winnipeg? Uh Probably Winnipeg, Brian, to be fair. And, and I think, unfortunately for Calgary, you know, they've had enough of it over the course of this year. Yeah, there's a bit of a bounce back by Jacob uh, Markstrom, but not enough. Like, their goaltending has been wildly inconsistent. The Huberto uh, story has been well told to this point. Um, you know, go down the list. And, and on top of that, you've got an expiring contract with a GM, an expiring contract with uh, I think everybody on the coaching staff, with the exception of Daryl Sutter, there's lots of wonder about what the offseason is going to look like, but we're not really talking about the roster. And when you look at the roster of the Winnipeg Jets, and, you know, I guess we got to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Like, maybe they, they get it back online and they go deep into the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, that'll play itself out. When you've got a goaltender like Connor Hellebuck, it's conceivable, but he's part of the equation here. So, automatically we're looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois. And has enough been accomplished or will it be accomplished uh, by the time he has to make a decision? Everybody outside of Winnipeg believes this kid is likely leaving or wants to leave. Well, then what happens after that? What do you do with Mark Scheifele? There's lots of speculation around him. And if you lose two key forwards or you make a decision to move, then you bring Hellebuck into the conversation. The offseason in Winnipeg, I think, is going to be a tremendous story. Yeah, that one's going to get spicy, man. Why the I hell mean, does Dubois want to leave? He just wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and that's well, it? There's no other team in the world? I don't know. I mean, that's 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 what people have speculated on. Um, and we can understand that. Yeah. But, I mean, I know. Look, I mean, you know, he, he I, I sat with him prior to the start of the season. 
and he talked about just wanting to keep his options open and make sure that that he had the ability to decide. And I appreciate that. I do. And the restricted free agents have maybe never had more uh, influence or, or collateral than they have now, especially when you're talking about a guy like that. But I also know that Winnipeg looks at Pierre-Luc Dubois as a big part of the future. If he decides to leave, it's not going to be because Winnipeg didn't, you know, ante up and didn't offer term or offer top dollar. If he decides to, to, to force, uh, uh, you know, a trade, then that's going to be because maybe he wants to play in Montreal or wants to play somewhere else. Drake's. Go ahead, Frankie. Dregs, sorry, Hazy. Dregs, Philly, Detroit, or Washington? Which one of those three teams, I guess, turns it around quickest and turns into a playoff team in the near future? Uh, well, it's not going to be Philadelphia. So I'm looking at Washington or I'm looking at Detroit. And uh, maybe Washington, because I know that, that Brian McClellan, the GM there in ownership, wants to be really, really active and aggressive. You know, they have a deep appreciation for what Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom have done for uh, for the Washington Capitals. So in saying that, they want to make sure that, you know, the the changes that they made leading up to the, the trade deadline aren't going to cripple them. And I think we can see a little bit of the nibbling, but I think that McClellan is going to be super, super aggressive in the offseason to make sure that, Obi has another crack, you know, continuing the record chase, and then maybe another Stanley Cup. That might seem a bit far-fetched. Well, Darren Dreger, a TSN Hockey Insider. Um, looking at the Leafs' dregs, there's been a lot of shuffling, you know, basically all all three layers of the team, forwards, defensemen, and goaltender. Which one piques your interest the most between now and, and game one of the playoffs? What's going to happen in net, how the deep pairings are going to shake out, or how the lines shake out, assuming health? Oh, that, I mean, a great question. Um, I don't know, to be fair, because, you know, again, with, with O'Reilly out, and, and we expect Tavares to be back for the weekend, so that's not a problem. I just, there's such a, a level of, of, of tweaking that Sheldon Keefe is, is able to do here up front. So how much tinkering does he do before he settles in? to what he perceives to be his four lines. Now it changes when O'Reilly comes back in the mix. And, you know, just kind of rides with that and lets the chemistry develop. But then you do look, that to me is as big a question mark as as any. I I mean, maybe last night aside, it it felt like Morgan Riley was kind of coming back into form. And then for a couple of periods last night against the Devils, he, he didn't look right again. So, how much of that do the coaches see? And if you get those first two areas covered off, maybe you don't have to worry about your goaltending. I mean, you guys watch the game closely. Um, I, and maybe the bigger question is going to be, is there much debate as you close in toward the end of, of the second half of the regular season and on the cusp of the playoffs as to who you start first? Like Samsonov kept that team in the game in the first period, right? I mean... He was really, really good. So I'm not, I'm not as worried about goaltending as I might be the tinkering and the experimenting and the chemistry experiments that are going to happen on defense and up front. Dregs, big picture with the league. It seems like you go on Twitter every once in a while nowadays, and there's like a skyline of a city 
And it's like, oh, maybe coming soon. Like, are you getting the sense that we just got Seattle, we got Vegas not too long ago. Are you getting the sense yeah. that the NHL is ready for expansion again? Well, no, oh, but I think way, the NHL does <laughs> there's not I enough think... good players in the league right for the league right well, now. How the hell are you going to put another team in? Look, and, and honestly, oh, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, the executives of the NHL, not the owners, the owners want their slice of the pie, but the managers and the scouting staff are going exactly what you said. There just aren't that many good quality players you know, across the globe. You're going to get a watered-down product that's nonsense and it's garbage. 100%. But, you know, when you're getting 600 700 a billion dollars for a franchise or for an expansion franchise, I mean, money talks, right? And, you know, the, the owners are saying, all right, okay, well, let's, let's figure out a way to make that work. Um, I know that there's been speculation around uh, with Atlanta and with Houston. Houston has been speculated for how many years? Decades. Like, I can go back to the 90s and recall the speculation around Houston potentially. I think it was Edmonton that was speculated on going to Houston. I played against the Houston Arrows in the American League, Dregs. There were 14 people there. I mean, honestly. (laughs) And I know, like, hey, there are wealthy people... We're seeing that now in, in Ottawa, although I think Bruce, Bruce Garriock, the Ottawa son, has a story coming out. You know, maybe the bidding list isn't as long as what was expected with the Ottawa Senators' purchase. I mean, they seem to be the hot ticket, and that's because they're the only franchise that legitimately is for sale across the board. So now you're you're considering Atlanta as an option? That uh, I mean, again, be. I... I'm just going based on speculation. I'm trying to think of the guy's name now. He's a proper, like, an enormous developer there, and he's bought a bunch of land and all of that, but come on. Like, what are Get we doing? serious, man. It, I'm not worried about I, talent. I'm more worried about how you're going to put a third team in Atlanta. Like, it's already Batman failed twice. Batman will try uh, it. How do you stay I in Arizona agree. for this long? They're playing at a university right now. Yeah. That's your answer. This, hey, Web Hazy B, there's your answer. This is the commissioner's office. You know, how many times has Bettman, like, other than dealing with the Players Association, where he wants to pound his fist onto the table because, you know, here's what we're doing and it's up to them to change our minds, all of that. Like, when you talk expansion, you talk about any sort of potential mega money maker, you're, you're not likely ever going to get the commissioner to give a hard no. But he's been asked about it recently and, you know, both he and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly acknowledge that it's it's not front burner. So I'm I'm curious where the speculation is coming from. So I don't think it's on the radar front burner anytime soon. All right, Drex. We'll leave it there. Good stuff, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Okay, boys. Have a good one. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Yeah, Atlanta for a third time would be no, a disaster. It, In Houston, I just it's again, it's not a hockey market. It's a massive market. And so is Atlanta. That, I understand the reasoning behind the the size of the two markets. Those are two of the ten biggest markets in the U.S., and you want to be represented there, but you've tried it, you know, in different capacities, literally with NHL teams in Atlanta. And Houston, you know, like you said, they had the American Hockey League team forever. No one was paying attention. It wasn't on the radar. No. And uh, yet it, it would cost a lot of money so that means the money would spread out you know post covid maybe you make up some of the money you lost in the past and mm-hmm. and this is know. just not pumping the tires of like 
you know, Canadian markets. But when you got a venue and and a a market like Quebec City sitting there that's dying to get a team back, and you want to show up back in Atlanta, and I know there's there's a lot of things that are involved in a transaction like that, but that just seems absurd, man. Yeah, that'll be tough to chew on for sure. I, I, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but it it probably will. They'll keep expanding. Like, yes, the product will be watered down, but the Players Association won't complain. It's more jobs. Less escrow. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, why not? Fine, add another 50 jobs, you know, 46 jobs or whatever. Bring it on. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs> toilets, toilets, toilets. <laughs> That's where we're at today. Joe right, from the bridge, hang, hang on a sec. Put up, the, put up the graphic. Put up the graphic for... There ah, we go. There it wow. is. Wow, Look at that guy. He looks that, like McDreamy. Holy crap! That, that is, is a deep V. That is a deep V. That's from our buddy Jesse, who's a fan of the show and a great guy. Shout, Shout out. out to Jesse. Yeah, that does have a, a Grey's Anatomy like early years. McDreamy, dude, you know that's the, you. Like the, you're going straight to the patio after that. Yeah, I am. I'm putting in a late shift though. Grey's Anatomy, they always stick around. Right. If you uh, were a we were doctor, bar, if you but... were a doctor, would you wear the grubs or scrubs or whatever they're called? Yeah, it's got to be bar? scrubs. It's got to be hairy chest scrubs. to the bar. Uh, not to the bar. No, no, no you, you, you I would. It up you know who he bar, is, but... though. He's scrubs in the hallway between surgeries, practicing his golf swing, and he's practicing both ways, right sure. and left. If you have, listen, I know what I'm doing. Right, like surgeons know what they're doing. You know, we get asked about it all the time. People that don't do what we do, they're like, do you get nervous? I'm like, no, we do this every day. If you're a surgeon, that's what you do. There was right? no better line than when you got a like a cut over the eye and you just got the suit on, nice restaurant. What happened? I was playing against the Blackhawks and the guy, <laughs> you know, got his stick up and then... then yeah. It was it was a convo. It's an icebreaker. Yeah. It, it's oh, was that an, an absolute did icebreaker? You, and yeah. did you go? Oh, you should see the other guy. No, that, that's I, that's no, an ice that's maker. A che- that's a cheesy uncle. That's an line. ice yeah. maker. That, that's that an puts ECHL the ice back in comment, <laughs> and it's yeah. never allowed yeah. in the national. That's exactly. a guy who played against the Houston. Arrows yeah, right there. That's, in front of 14 that's a people. Arrows comment. Yeah. All right, yeah. Frankie, you're off doing panel work tonight? Yeah. All right, buddy, thanks for this. We appreciate it. See ya. Thank you. You got it, Frankie Corrado. Todd Lewis will join us from the Golf Channel, and we got golf picks still to come. I think it's a three-pack, maybe a five-pack. We'll talk. Why don't Why don't we go 20? No, we're not going to get line. silly. It's, we're not going to get crazy. But Ten like, max. Want... Ten max. No, I think we, a five- or six-pack with a Canadian, you know, we'll max. figure it out. All right, we'll Five pack out. Canadian done. Five pack and a Canadian. Perfect. With a possible add on at the end. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.